dramatic changes in sight for Halibu Council. This week, we introduce you to two candidates in the upcoming election. I'm Glenn Wheeler, and this is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. This is episode 168. Thanks for your support via patreon.com and email transfer, migma.matters at gmail.com. Well, I'll link. As this current disappointing term of Halibut Council drags out to its last four meetings, Signs of big change on the horizon. Two members have announced they won't be running, Central Vice Chief Randy Drover and Flat Bay Councillor Ivan White. Meanwhile, two other councillors are also expected not to run, Burn White in Benoit's Cove and Andy Barker in Exploits. And what about Brandon Mitchell? Many figure that the toll of six years as chief and the failure to deliver on key promises, such as enrollment, an urban reserve, and fishing rights will lead him to bow out also. Not so, he has told Mi'kmaq Matters. If he does run again, he'll be up against his first cousin. Jeff Sparks is our guest this week. And later, we'll be hearing from Jeff Young, who'll be running in port port Jeff Sparks ran in the last election for Quarterbrook Ward Councillor, losing to Brian Dix. Now he's running for chief. Jeff Sparks is president of the Cornerbrook Firefighters Union, and he's a descendant of Maddie Mitchell. Okay, so uh, my name is Jeff Sparks. I'm the son of Marie and Willoughby Sparks from Cornerbrook. Uh, my mother was the granddaughter of Maddie Mitchell. Her father was John. <laughs> and uh, I was born in 1977, so I'm the youngest of uh of their children and uh i guess from an early age um mom's involvement with the newfoundland native women's association uh, the cornbrook band council the federation of land indians she's she's always had a heavily uh, involvement as a young child you know i got to witness that firsthand um she had many conversations. Mom was a, you know, a conversationalist. She loved uh, talking to people and uh, hearing about their ancestry and their backgrounds and their family backgrounds. And mom was usually sought after by many different people um, because she had the, the knowledge. She, she, she knew the family history and stuff. So she, she was called upon many times uh, for those conversations. So her passion back then for... Uh, I guess the the family backgrounds and uh, for the uh, I guess pushing the forward for the Mi'kmaq of Newfoundland was uh, front and center for me and you know the rest of my brothers and sisters as well. So uh, that passion I guess has been you know uh, witnessed by us. It's been uh, passed on I guess uh, you know. You sort of learn as you go, uh, as you get a bit older, um, where that passion comes from. Mm. You know, uh, growing up, you didn't really, you know, you you witnessed it and you saw it, 
and you didn't understand it yourself, you know, until you get to a certain age, and then you then you notice that you're you're you know you're fighting for things, uh, you know, uh, on other issues, you know. Hmm. So uh, myself, um, I became a firefighter here in Cornerbrook in 2007, and um, I, I you know I got involved in such things as the Occupational Safety Committee, uh, and then eventually. I uh, jumped into uh, negotiation uh, contracts and the union executive. So, uh, you know, uh, that that passion, uh, you know, that came from my parents. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I, I fight for the members, um, their health and safety and their benefits and everything. Um, so, you know, when I look back on it, all that, you know, came from my parents and mm-hmm. came from my mother. Well, you were very lucky to have a to have a mother like that, and to have the the knowledge about uh, Mi'kmaq history in in Newfoundland. And um, so, why uh, why are you running for chief? And if you were elected chief, what about the Halibut Band would you change? Why am I running for chief? Uh, well, uh, I'm running for chief uh, because it's just an extension of my mother's, uh, I guess, what they started back in the in the seventies. You know, uh, somewhere along the way, uh, I guess with the negotiations with the federal government, uh, it got railroaded. And, you know, uh, there's been a lot of, I guess, uh, people left behind. Um, there's been a lot of, I guess, um, infighting, you know, and, and those things need to be, I guess, rectified and I think a new approach to things and uh, trying to bridge people together and bring <laughs> everybody together. I know that's, <laughs> that's well, kind of a, that's a hard thing to do sometimes, but well, Brenda, uh, Brenda know, Mitchell, not, Brenda Mitchell I'm says he's done, uh, Brenda Mitchell says he's done everything that could be done in terms of negotiations with the federal government. So do you think that, uh, you or anyone could do something different or more effective than uh, the strategy he's followed with the feds on enrollment? Well, see, um, you know, I haven't seen firsthand what his, uh, I guess, what's happened behind closed doors. Obviously, I'm not there at the table. Um, so, uh, you know, all we can go on is those words that he's tried. You know, it's hard to negotiate with uh, any level of government um, you know, if if the people sitting at the table agree to a supplemental agreement, it, it's hard to turn around and say, "Well, no, we want to negotiate something new." Hmm. You know, I guess it's like you being a being a firefighter in, in collective bargaining. Once you have one collective agreement, it's hard to uh, to tear all that up and uh, and write another one. You, exactly. You're you know, you're stuck um, with what you have. And I'll, I'll use this as, as an example. Um, you know, relative to my own job, my own employment. Um, you know, not to compare the two, but just as a, uh, I guess, as an example, because it is, it is similar in, in regards to, um, negotiations. Um, you know, when I became a firefighter, um, one of the things that were, I guess, identified through us or, you know, by us was the, uh, um, the, the, the negotiation, they negotiated away, uh, statutory holidays. So in, in the collective agreement in 2001, new hires, uh, anybody hired after 2001, didn't get 
compensated for their statutory holidays. So all the other city employees uh, and the ones prior to 2001, of course, were getting compensated for statutory holidays. So if you went in to work on J- July 1st, um, you know, we would just be working straight time. We didn't get any days off for it, nothing. So, uh, you know, of course, the old lawyer language uh, got put in there, and it was deemed to have been added to the total compensation package for a new employee. So nothing really ever got added, right? So I guess the, the new employees sort of took issue with that. Um, you know, in 2011, um, we tried to negotiate it into the collective agreement for the new members. It sort of uh, didn't work. We tried different strategies and different things. Uh, and, of course, I was told at the time that, you know, when hell freezes over, you know, they were sold away back in 2001, and good luck getting them back. It ain't going to happen. So, um, you know, I, I heard it. I heard what they said, but I didn't necessarily agree with it. And I didn't listen to them. I didn't take their advice, you know. So uh, I, I guess, pushed forward and um, did my own research and did my own, uh, I guess, strategizing, and, you know, with uh, other members of the executive or the bargaining committee. And uh, in 2014, or sorry, 16, the negotiations started in 2014. In 2016, we were successful. So are you are you saying then that in that in the in a similar way we can you can you would be able to get out of the supplemental agreement that uh, has bedeviled? No, that's the, not what I'm saying because, like you said, there's uh, so many legal aspects of it. Um, and of course, I've been told over the years, and you know, because I ran for the corner ward councillor in 2018, that uh, you know it's um, it is uh, well, it's in the court process now. There are challenges to it in regards to supplemental agreement uh and i was going to work its way through the courts um you know so that very may well be you know i'm not going to sit here and profess that you know if elected chief then i hold all the power (laughs) and magic to make that go away and change make the change you know but uh i certainly um you know with a a new team um that i guess um approach to the federal government. Um, it, like I said, it's hard to sit and actually negotiate with people that already put it in there. Mm. You know, because they just wipe their hands up and say, sorry, you know, you negotiated it, so be it. Yes, uh, and, and I guess now we're still probably entrenched into the court system. It's probably going to be uh, impossible to uh, do that on your own. It would take both sides, I guess, to come to a mutual agreement. Uh, and that's, I guess, where all the murky waters are, too. Mm-hmm. You know, right now it's in the process. There are a lot of questions about it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different opinions, of course, right? Like anything, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms is always being challenged in the Supreme Court, or, you know, or the Constitution of the United States. So those things are always going to be challenged legally or question, you know? What uh, what about the other uh, one uh, big issue at the moment is uh, the Valentine Lake gold mine and some one at least one councillor is on record as opposing it for environmental reasons and I would say a majority of people on council now support it because they think that there can be a balance between the the uh, economic aspects and the environmental uh, damage. What would what is your position on the Valentine Lake gold mine? Um. Well, I haven't uh, taken a, a firm position. I've been watching it and uh, doing some reading on it. I noticed, uh, I think in your article you stated that it's 
gone back or they've put it back uh, to uh, marath- marathon, marathon yes. for mm-hmm. uh, further environmental assessments. Mm-hmm. So they're missing information. So, um, you know, with that, if, you know, if they're missing information, um, obviously they're not going to get approval. So, uh, you know, you need to get, I guess I would want to see all the information and any environmental assessment and impacts studies done. Uh, one of the things that uh, I watched the video that you had uh, on Make Bio Matters uh, probably about a month ago, and also uh, a gentleman named uh, Moochie Bennett. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never met uh, him. I've heard his name before, um, and, uh, you know, I, I listened to him speak, and uh, it sort of hit home to me, like, you know, the, with the grassroots. And, um, you know, that, that really stood out to me, so... Um, that type of uh, approach and that type of consultation with, with the with all the members of Hollywood, um needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, is this something that they want to see, or, or you know, and their concerns and their issues need to be heard and addressed before I would ever say yes. Let's start, you know, mining for gold here in this. You know, uh, central area there down, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with the impact of the, the caribou herds and stuff and the migration of them. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, what, what Moochie said really, really struck a chord with me, right? Mm. Now, Jeff, you're from, um, you're well known in Cornerbrook because of your, uh, your involvement with the, with the firefighters and other things and you ran for the Cornerbrook board. Do you think you can connect with people outside of um, Cornerbrook? Because it's a big uh, Halibut country, covers a lot of a lot of territory from the southwest uh, to up uh, to Gander Bay. So, uh, how would you uh, how would you run a campaign to meet all those people? Um, well, right now, I guess given COVID times, there there's a lot that can be done virtually, you know, uh, over the internet, and Zoom meetings, and different things. Um, I I would sort of probably host, uh, if possible, uh, somewhat like a of a town hall type of setting for the members to be able to come and I guess you know meet and discuss their issues and uh, you know to get to know who I am and my history and my background. Obviously, you know uh, there's a lot of people out there that you know who the hell is Jeff Sparks, right? They don't know me, um, and nor I you know I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be uh, thinking that they, they would or they should. Um, so, yeah, like uh, I would like to have uh, some town hall settings where, it, you know, it gives that uh, in-person uh, ability to meet me, um, to get to know me a little bit better and to understand where I come from and my, and my history and, and my passion, I guess, for it. Um, you know, so... I guess right now, with everything that's going on in St. John's and across the province, like we don't know where we're going to be. In the next we're in a holding month. pattern at the moment. Uh, we don't know how yeah. things are going to unfold. You know, I, you know, over my life, I guess I've been involved in uh, uh, different things and held different jobs. And um, you know, I, I was in the Sea Cadets for many years as a teenager. And uh, you know, I've connected to many different people all over Nova Scotia, Newfoundland. Um, and same thing in my union travels, you know, I've, uh, as a union president, I've gone to conventions in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, uh, here in Newfoundland. So,
So, uh, you know, I get a wide network of people um, that I've met and I like to connect with. And genuinely, you know, I, I like people. So I'm an people person. I get that from my mother. And my father, dad, was, you know, involved with the union. That he was employed with the city back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So, you know, those things come easy for me. Um, you know, it's my personality. Um, you know, I am an outspoken individual. And uh, I, I do tend to, um, I guess, um, fight for, you know, the, the underdog. Uh, you know, I, I've been involved in sports, well, you know, for most of my life. I retired from soccer five or six or eight years ago. But, uh, you know, that, that, that mentality of the team mentality and, and, and representing our team and fighting for our team and picking up for my teammates, you know, carried on through, of course, you know, my, my employment at the, the fire department and my union activities. Um, so I've always found myself doing that. Sometimes you get yourself in trouble. <laughs> you create political enemies, so to speak. Um, you know, and uh, you got to have thick skin and broad shoulders. Well, as we say, life can't be a popularity contest. Uh, sometimes, you know, oh, you have right. you have to take um, a position. So, so uh, Jeff, I Jeff, the other thing we don't the the other thing we don't know uh, at the moment is whether Brendan Mitchell will will run. He says he will run, but many people think he will not. Of course, Brendan Mitchell, I guess, is your relation coming from yeah. yes. Uh, so. Um, do you think you'll be running against uh, Brendan Mitchell? And if so, how would that be, running against uh, your your cousin there? Well, the first I heard of it, I think, came from uh, your, I think it was Make My Matters, uh, that Brendan wasn't going to be running, or the rumor was there that he wasn't going to be running. So uh, that sort of, uh, I guess, I, I've been thinking about it, you know, over the last uh, few, few years, obviously. Uh, in regards to the future of the band, uh, not really, uh, you know, just coming in and attacking Brandon Mitchell because he's a chief and it's a political opportunity for me. You know, that's not what I'm about. Um, but uh, you know, Brandon being my first cousin, uh, we've had good relations over the years, uh, very cordial, you know. Um, but uh, it's not like we sit down for Sunday dinners. Uh, you know, never been to his house. He's never been to mine. Uh, so, uh, that being said, you know, um, I guess when I, when I thought about it and when I talked to my sisters and my brothers about it, um, you know, I had their support, uh, they all supported me fully and thought I should do it. And, you know, it's not a, I'm not uh, going to try and come out with a, an anti-Brennan Mitchell campaign. He's my first cousin. Um, you know, on the surface, you know, I see he's done many good things as chief. Um, there are things that I don't agree with and uh, how he's handled things, you know, and I'll leave those for another time. But uh, certainly, you know, if he if he doesn't run, um, well, then, you know, I look forward to whoever it is that, uh, you know, will be, uh, you know, wanting to take the, the band forward into the future because I don't know who else it would be right now. Um, but I think uh, I, I bring a fresh perspective to it and, uh, you know, to try and bridge the people back together where it belongs. You know, there's been a lot of people that have been, you know, um, kicked out of the band. And, uh, you know, I have two brothers and a sister that have been uh, impacted by that, you know, which which hasn't sat well with me and my family members over the years. Uh, so certainly, you know, we, we look to, 
uh, I guess, a brighter future and better relations with all the people, you know. Um, not just, you know, if you're a member of Halibu, then perfect. First and foremost, you know, the chief represents Halibu, right? Um, so, you know, my concerns and my issues would be for our members in Halibu, but also trying to uh, mend fences and and build those relationships back with the people that were disenfranchised and kicked out, you know, my family included. That was Jeff Sparks, who was running for chief of Halibu First Nation. Not only is there early interest in the Halibu election, there's the possibility of generational change. Jeff Young, who's been involved in the Halibu Youth Group, is running in Port-au-Port Ward, currently held by Jason Benoit. Okay, Jeff. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, for our listeners who do not know you, tell us um, a little bit about yourself. So, hi, everyone. Um, my name is Jeff Young. I'm born in St. John's, New Brunswick. Um, moved to um, on the Port-au-Port Peninsula when I was a, uh, just a baby, uh, my, where my boat, my parents are from. Um, about 10 years ago, I moved to Kippens, where I currently reside uh, with my son. I, um, I'm putting my name forward uh, to run for the Port-au-Port Ward uh, for Halapu First Nation. I believe um, our people need a strong voice at the table, and I would like to have uh, make sure everyone's voice is heard there at council. And for people not in my ward, I, uh, I believe that I can bring a, uh, a strong voice and be a great advocate. So what about if you were on council, what, uh, what would you change about uh, Halibu or the way Halibu does business? Or um, what about the ban would you change if you had a chance to, do, to have input into that? Right now, on uh, from what I've been seeing in the last uh, month and a half, I would like to have um, workers more into the communities to help the band members to when it comes to um, with applications or questions closer to them on the ground. Right now, there's no um, worker in no office into my work which I would love for that to change. Even a few days a week would be great to have someone on the ground there, especially for the elderly people that can't always drive an hour or more into Stephenville to get to the local office or may have to sit down with a worker and go through applications or just who's more familiar in person doing things. So I wish, to, and I would like that to be seen in all the words because some of our words are, you know, very big. I would also like to um, have a stronger push towards the federal government um, to have people who lost their status or who were denied uh, because for ineligible for reasons that shouldn't have been um, a bigger push and a more advocacy for those people to reinstate their status or for to be given status. Mm. So, and, and what could you, what could be done? Uh, obviously, if we ask the people involved currently, they would say anything that can be done is being done. We're having meetings you know, we're pounding our fist on the table and uh, we're pressing the, uh, the case for our members as much as we can. So what, what more could be done? I think um, it needs to be constant. There needs to be a constant, um, I guess, communication with the federal government, with our local MP. You know, they, there's great relationships, seems to be built between the councillors, chief and 
um, local uh, our MP or our MHAs, but I think we need to be a little bit more firm on our approach and demand much more and be more public and vocal, not everything behind closed scenes. Hmm. Um, so you might, uh, maybe you would dust it up a bit more with uh, Goody Hutchings, the, uh, the local MP who, uh, you know, she's our, our voice in Ottawa for most of yes, uh, the exactly. people in, uh, in the wards. Yeah, I would, uh, no, I would definitely uh, make it more public of our discussions, what's going on, to make sure the public is seeing what we're discussing. It's not all over. It's not just through email where our members or the members of law status cannot see what's going on or how our communication is being addressed. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you're, uh, of course, as you say, uh, the port of port Ward covers a lot of territory. And, uh, you know, uh, some of those communities are uh, an hour or more from Stephenville, which is, um, I guess, the center, the service center for... Uh, for people in those um, in those communities, so how uh, how are you going to meet people uh, in the ward? What is your what kind of campaign will you run? I'm planning to do to go through the ward. I'm on the ward at least going through the ward at least once a week into several different communities. I have family all over, almost in every community on the ward. Uh, I would I plan to make several trips, especially once the summer comes, and hopefully. We're out of the pandemic or on our way out and there's festivals and things on the go and more public events so I that I can get to. Um, I plan to make a few tours and hopefully this summer I can have a few open air events or discussions with the public and meetings. I've got to have information that I would love to pass out to um, the members in the ward, the, you know, how to, you know, certain benefits and all this and just to be able to talk to them and just to see what's their issues, what they need help with, what they would like to see change in Halipu. And uh, so that's my plan for the next, like I said, I announced, I, when I first announced early, I wanted to announce because I know that we, I have a huge board. I have tons of people to speak with and I want to make sure I have time to hear everybody out and be able to spend time in each community right around the ward as there are several, quite a few community uh, communities into this ward. Hmm. Now, uh, one uh, one uh, big issue at the moment that people uh, are having a lot of to say on is the Valentine Lake gold mine, and of course uh, there is a debate. Some people uh, think it's good to have those uh, jobs that will come to the from the mine, and other people are concerned about the environmental aspects, uh, impact on caribou, etc. What is your what are your thoughts on the Valentine Lake uh, gold mine? I had a few people ask me already what was my thoughts and what was my stance onto it. I I honestly cannot make a decision on it till I see the envi environmental report. Until I see the report and saying that, you know, it's 100% okay for the environment, our caribou herds or any other species won't be affected, okay. But until I can, they could prove that, I'm, I'm kind of staying neutral on it because our environment is not worth any jobs. Once our environment's gone, the jobs are gone. They're not there forever. What do we have left? Mm. Right. The environment must come first. Mm. Um, in uh, in the communities out in uh, Port of Port Ward, do people have? Uh, are they knowledgeable about halibut? Do they know um, what's the uh, relationship between uh, you know Mi'kmaq people in those communities and uh, and the band? Right now, it seems like um, 
a lot of people, there's not a whole lot of, I guess they, a lot of visibility from the band. I, I never did really see the band at like making visibility out here. Um, I know the current um, ward counselor for Port of Port has um, his own, I guess, band, which is similar to a community group. Jason Benoit's chief of the Benoit First Nation. Yeah, so a lot of people think that is their band, which is not. They're a community group. They could be part of that band. Um, so there's a little bit of confusion there with some people. And um, so, you know, I try to clear that up a lot that you're on your card, you're a part of Halapu First Nation. You're, you're, you also, you're also a part, if you are a part or a member of Benoit's First Nation, you know, you can be a part of that as well. But you're real, like the band that you're part of that's getting you your benefits and your non-insured health benefits is Halapu. Mm. So there's a bit of confusion. And I think there's, um, there's an absence of Halapu onto mm. the ward and that needs to be really, really brought forward. Mm. I guess outside of uh, their non-insured health benefits, that would be their main uh, connection as a, as a band member. If, um, if they're not, uh, well, I guess if they're a student, they might get uh, funding, but uh, they might have a funding relationship, I suppose, uh, depending on their situation. Yes. Right now there's funding for students um, for mostly for, and a lot, a lot of people in my ward, I know, they go to AES, to the provincial government, because Halapu, I myself don't think it's sufficient the funding they give for education. There's, they only pay tuition and uh, books, and sometimes they'll give you a little living allowance, which is very small, which is not really a living allowance. Um, so really, it's only good for somebody that's working or living home with their parents. And what, uh, and what other issues uh, do you think you'll be talking about during the campaign? Um, education was a big one. Uh, other things I was thinking about was um, the enrollment process is obviously a huge issue. And I know there's a lot of people in my ward still waiting or were denied their cards. Um, and then we have um, health benefits. We have a lot of gaps in our health care. Um, a lot of people can't get access to doctors. I want to work with council to be able to establish a better access to health care for the members in the ward. Hmm. Right, Jeff. Well, it's good. To, I'm glad we were able to introduce you. And uh, as you say, Jason Benoit is the is the current counselor. So uh, perhaps uh, as the campaign unfolds, we could, we could hear from both of you at the same time. Oh, absolutely. And, yes. and people could hear uh, what you both have to say as uh, and, you know, maybe there'll be another uh, maybe there'll be other candidates. Uh, I guess we're early days yet. So uh, uh, we're not, we're glad to meet you and uh, thanks for stepping up and um, good luck out there. Jeff Young, candidate for Halibut Council in Port-a-Port Ward. And that's it for the program. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters wherever you get your podcasts and please leave a review. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for the latest Mi'kmaq news and views. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Nimmel.